Jim, why are you <laughs> there? Fucking hell, it's on your phone. Oh my god. What are you looking at, Jim? <laughs> Share it with the rest of the class. Please do. <laughs> Liza, can you turn my headphones down a little? And Are you guys I, ready to go? Uh, I could use my headphones turned up, actually. I'll stop. My, mine can go down. You know what's coming. Bagel, one, two, three, one, two, three, That's one, good. two, three. Thank you very much. Zax, what do you need? My, mine can go down. What is it? One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Cool. All right, ready yeah, to start. <coughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, All right. I'll get it together. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, we just uh No, no we didn't. No we no <laughs> We did nothing. We did nothing So Liza made the uh, the big mistake of putting naked Jim and Emma together on the pretty girl couch, <laughs> which makes no sense whatsoever. I'm making a note right now to split you up forever. Yes, forgetting. <laughs> we'll be we'll get it together. So did you get the whole intro out? Uh it's as much as I'm gonna get out. <laughs> yeah. You can do the introductions. <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. It was beautiful today. It was extra yes. sunny. Very nice. We've got a rowdy crowd tonight. It's a small group, yes. but we've got a great subject and a lot of people in here have a lot of experience with our subject tonight. Um, how to break bolts. We're going to be talking about <laughs> engines. <laughs> yeah, how to break bolts, exactly. But in the garage tonight, you have me... This is Liza. You know, if you put two and two together, you will see what our friendship is for. Aww. That's a great Spice Girls quote right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that is touching, Liza. <laughs> I'm not sure where it touched me, but it is touching. <laughs> yeah, they do go deep. Which was deep. Who, was who, deep who was your favorite Spice Girl? Oh, Scary. You like Scary. Yeah, mm. I like Scary, too. Though, on the reunion tour, Ginger, because, wow, she looked really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, coming up behind me, we've got Bagel. I know nothing. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) And coming up next, we have Colonel Clink. (laughs) Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Do the French guy. Do the French guy. (laughs) Oh, man. I... Don't even remember what he sounded All like. Right. <laughs> okay. Next up, we've got Bex, and and I didn't do it. Yes, <laughs> you did. You did. I think she's gonna Maybe. do it again, like really soon. <laughs> Next up, we've got Andy. I have nothing creative. Except your chopper shit, homie. Yeah, well, that's broken. <laughs> that, that's for later tonight. On the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma. I like big butts. And I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> you other fellas can't deny. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darlings. Right. I think we need to cut a rap album with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, also on the Pretty Girl Couch tonight, uh, I'm fully regretting this. We've got Naked Jim. <laughs> so it's a bad idea. No, we're not regretting this at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like to say, Badunka Dunka Shane. That's, that's <laughs> German. Oh, Badunka Dunka Shane. Is that the same as Bada Bada Sweet Bada? It's pretty close. I like it, though. Okay, very Next good. Next up, we've got Henry. I'm being watched. <laughs> you know, have eyes on you. No, I mean, there is something quite exotic about Henry. So I think from this point forward, we should refer to him as Henri. Henri. <laughs> no, he's definitely got a sort of Gallic air about him. So I think, or, or we call you Caca de Pepe. <laughs> I would take Henri. Then we got a couple extra mics set up. We're going to be having people dropping in. So I will reserve a... Uh, mentioning them, but we also have in the peanut gallery for the first time we have Zora. Hey, <laughs> hey Zora, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome. Zora has been spending the day here watching the chaos, and I, I hope you've been enjoying it. I, you realize what, what fools and miscreants we are <laughs> when you bring a thirteen-year-old around to the <laughs> shop, <laughs> and within. Within two minutes of being here, Kat was down in her underwear in the parking lot. <laughs> Multiple times, actually. Multiple times. Uh, yeah, and you just go, oh. And then you realize, when you put that filter on, some of the conversations we're having, like, wow, this is really not appropriate stuff. I mean, this is garage talk. Yeah, it was definitely That's exactly that. what happens. We, this is garage talk, and we're all so comfortable with each other. And Here in Santa Cruz, anything goes. But you see, Kat, or the whole underwear thing... Kat was wearing these long, stretchy jeans. I think they're the, the jeans. They're made she out of denim. And acid wash. Yeah, the acid wash jeggings? with the spandex. Mm -hmm. Are they jeggings? And yeah, kind of. And she decided she didn't like the legs, so she said, "You know, does anybody want to cut the legs off?" And uh, I think Josiah offered to bite the legs off with his teeth <laughs> as, long <as>, she, <laughs> as long as she didn't take them off. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you why she stripped down because she was fortunate enough that. Um, when uh, Julie. yeah, our friend Julie donated a full le uh, leather racing suit. It's really nice too. Um, so very so nice. as soon as I handed it to Kat, she's just like oh, started stripping no. down naked. Yeah. <laughs> and she wore it all day. She was walking around this hunched over bent knee walk all day. But you know what? When when I when I first came up and she had put it on, it fit perfect. So I didn't realize yeah. her and Julie are like the exact same size. Yeah. Apparently. But yeah. it was really nice. It's a good score. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um Let's see. What did we do this weekend? Jim and I uh, went for a ride. Well, you I guess copycatted me. I guess the biggest news is I got a new bike. You yeah. did. Mm. Congratulations. I realize this is number ten. N plus one. N plus one. <laughs> N plus one. This is this is an intervention, Liza. <laughs> no, I'm this trying to sell purchase, other actually. things. Well, my rule of thumb is it has to fulfill a purpose that none of the other bikes is fulfilling. And this one is going to do that. Well, you bought it for a specific event, didn't you? I did. So we're going to be right. doing this Sheet Iron 300 next month, mm -hmm. which is a 300-mile dirt ride through the Mendocino yep. Forest. Mendocino. Ooh. It's going to be awesome. And um, I needed to have a plated dirt bike. So I was faced with either trying to make my Versus dirt-worthy and investing money to do right. that, or try and make my dirt bike street-worthy and investing money to do that. Instead, I decided to invest Jim's money into just a whole other bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart move. Good um, deal. 
You know, after uh, Megan coming and talking about um, the sheet iron from last year, your versus is just entirely too big, I think, for that yeah. event. Um, like you'd be picking it up a lot. Yeah, I mean, you you could do it, but it you'd get all beat to hell. But compared to a modern dirt bike? Or yeah, no, I think you made the right choice. Modern. I think DR350, XR400, something in that range. You, you can't, really can't go wrong. So I was teasing Sheila. I was like, yeah, I got a new bike. She says, what is it? I was like, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait to find out with everyone else. Uh, <laughs> so the ridiculous thing is now me and Liza both have dr350s i got a dr350 exactly um so yeah so it's a plated uh, dirt bike yep. and but it's great because it came with the the high volume gas tank it right. came with the luggage rack it came with the beefy bars that are extended risers yep, already rised and you got extra wheels and an extra set of xl that have wheels. even better tires than are on the ones now so it was a good score exactly and, and it was a good craigslist transaction because i was very communicative and so the kid i bought it from i let him know um i said hey you know uh there was a couple things like i said hey i'm not gonna be able to come back till friday and pay for it then can i leave a deposit and he said no no that's fine i trust you it's like kid when I, someone offers you a deposit you take it <laughs> but you also had a vested interest because you didn't want him to sell it out from underneath right. you to the first guy exactly. that showed up with cash in hand because that's know, what I would do. Here's the thing. Um, he said, <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, here's the cash for full asking price. You're like, uh, but if you have a deposit, you know, someone will think twice. So you're protecting. <laughs> everyone's protected when you do that. He said a lot of people were calling, but no one had made it out to his house yet. So um, I was the first one who actually like communicated, set a time. Uh, confirmed it, followed up, let him know my ETA, showed up, saw did the bike. You did everything that no other Craigslist person does. <laughs> yeah, right? basically. And um, then gave him the deposit and then came back, was also communicating, like, I'll be here this time and, and uh, you know. Where did you get it from? Uh, it was up in Castro Valley. Oh, okay, so you didn't go too far. No, and... Um, <coughs> and so when I went to pick it up, I said, hey, you know, I just want you to know... Uh, uh, not all Craigslist deals go this smooth. You know, I appreciate working with you, um, but not everyone does that. And he's, he's and he's, oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. He goes, yeah, you know, I already had a bunch of people call me, and they had called first, but then when I, uh, they called back, and when I told them I sold it, they were all pissed off because they said they had dibs because they called first. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. But that's why you wanted him to take your deposit so that, you know, he was going to hold, because he had your money, exactly. he's going to hold on to it. So. Yeah, so it was a good deal. He was cool. The bike is cool. And then we went dirt biking, and I tested it, and it it worked out. Yep. And then Jim and I went and rode the railroad tracks through Santa Cruz and mm. found the dregs of society yeah. just four blocks down the street from my house Yeah. in the nether world where the train tracks go and no other humans go except for the zombies. zombies. Um, right. But you know what I will say that's cool about that is, you know, Santa Cruz does have this railway that runs through it, and it's pretty accessible, especially on a motorcycle. And, uh, yeah, so it was kind of fun. We started over by the Wrigley Building and hopped on the tracks over there and uh, just started ro riding the railroad tracks. And, you know, there's all sorts of little interesting things, mud puddles and this, that, and it jumps. And you know, tree. the people who are like, every now and then we'd bust through across the street and there was always like people like, whoa, dirt bike's coming. Like, whoa, right. whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know but, it, was, but it, was it, was, it was pretty fun though. But yeah, then there's this one stretch as you get closer to the garage that I've never even walked that stretch. And that's, you know, next to my house because that's where, you know, hobos go to, go to 
to kill each other. <laughs> so so me and Liza get to that point of going down the hill where it just it turns into there's no one there. It's quiet. It's it's like wooded basically. And Liza's like, hey, can we get through? I'm like, yeah, I think we can, but it doesn't look fun. So of course Liza says, oh cool, let's go, and off she goes. <laughs> like oh shit, all right, here we go. But yeah, we were running over I think dead bodies and. Yeah, there's a point where you're along the railroad tracks, and then there's kind of a drop off down below and the ivy is growing all the way up to the railroad track so i'm riding over the ivy so i can't see the edge of the railroad ties and i can't see the drop off and i can't see if there's a dip or a, or you know yeah, you nice. dropped and i'm just like blindly just driving over, riding over the ivy and just hoping and it, i made it through but it is a fun way to kind of go across town instead of just the same old roads bomb we went past tracks. a junkie <laughs> Who Multiple was just laying junkies. across oh, the railroad track. Like it just shot up. Like it just shot up, just laying there. We just come chugging through. But yeah, and you know, that is a lot of that is Santa Cruz. It, this is urban adventure riding. Yeah, down here. Well, you know what? Because I'm glad you got that bike because I'm always trying to drag you out. I call it urban motocross. It's where you just bounce around town and like down the railroad tracks and there's an empty lot and oh, there's some stuff under construction. And, you know, and I'm sorry, but a closed construction site. Is there, yeah. It's an awesome place to ride the dirt bike at. You know, I tell you, a good place that you could try is just ride up and down the San Lorenzo River. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a little policed, though. So. Yeah, I know, but, you know. Uh. Uh, so, but anyway, if anybody wants to go urban gorilla motocross, I am in every time. I love that. Yeah, so that's my new bike. And, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to play around. Um, what did we get done today, um, Ms. Well, Emma? There, there was a bike you made run better and a bike no, you no, made no, run worse. No, that's not true. Um, no, uh, <laughs> and uh, a bike you never got around to helping Bex fix. Terry, yeah. electric Terry, is in the house, and he's just brought a huge crate of Lagunitas Aunt Sally. Yeah, that's uh, thanks, Terry. So special seasonal uh, sour uh, IPA, which is no. so good. A unique dry hopped sweet tart. I'm like you, I'm looking beautiful. at the box, and mm. my Aunt Sally did not look at anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to please excuse her. That's the thing, you know. No, she she looks a cool Aunt Sally. So uh, I'm not really a beer drinker, but I have got my gin bottle. So cheers, darling. Cheers. 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 So, so it's a, it's amazing what you can carry on a motorcycle when you have a big rack on the back. Right. <laughs> mm. But so once again, we had a lot of people showing up, well, and yeah, a lot of people mentioned. Last week, after we wrapped the podcast, you left, and then you came back. I sure did. What happened? Um, so I got about maybe 30 yards out of the garage. And, and what bike are you riding again? So I'm, I'm riding my NT650, my Honda Hawk. Yay. Is that the Hawk GT? GT. GT yeah, yeah, 88. Yep. And um, we got her running last week. Good looking um, bike, too. Thank you. Oh, they're great yeah. looking bike. Yeah, I like it. I, it's the sexiest frame I've seen, so um but yeah so i got her here to the garage last week um we fooled around she sounded good we did the podcast then uh Wait a we minute. said you i fooled around with your bike is that why you bought the motosexual mm, t-shirt you know she, she <laughs> fooled around and <laughs> fell in love you should have seen me and bex putting the fuel filter back in the little sleeve it, it got <laughs> was there diddling he knows involved? how to put his his finger in <laughs> everything goes better with lube it does <laughs> Got to work it around the edge first. And get, <laughs> get diddle okay. it just right. Can I remind you, there is a 13-year-old <laughs> here tonight. Well, she'll be 18 by the time she leaves. <laughs> so. Yeah. so hopefully not by the time Bella's running again. Um, yeah, so we were um, we did the podcast. It started to rain just as we were like cleaning up and starting the podcast and went back out. She started up, 
and then she cut out. And um, I ended up trying to fiddle around for another probably hour in the rain, and I'm finally head down, came, made my way back to Liza, mm-hmm. and said, I need a home for Bella. <laughs> so, yeah, Bella's been here for a week, and it's been a glorious week in Santa Cruz, and it has hurt. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's back out <laughs> riding. But, but Everyone's riding except for me. But you know what, Bex? There are glorious weeks to come, and Hallelujah. we're going to get that bike <laughs> running next week because there's only three things you need for a bike to run. You need sparks. You got sparks. Got him, got him. Need compression. That we are. Mm. Right. And you need fuel. And I tell you what, I think your bike's got a fuel delivery problem. That's Mm. what I think. Yeah, well, um, I checked the carbs, and both carbs for both heads have fuel coming. You know, Emma, that that makes a lot of sense, though. Bex, didn't you say that your, um, your bike actually started acting funny when you ran out of fuel on the naked ride you were actually naked in the bike <laughs> that was you oh, that's right that Yay. was you so well, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna guess Emma's probably correct you probably sucked up some sort of trash or water at yeah, the very, very it bottom it is an 88 mm. yeah so yeah. you know what mm. that's that's where we're gonna concentrate next week awesome so hopefully um, hopefully Bella will be sounding Bella will be uh, riding beautiful again but you know the big news for this week is I wrote that 500 Ninja Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The oh one yeah, that that. and that oh, thing. Oh yeah, that thing makes good power. Good. It sounds good too. It Those sounds Kirk, really. Kirker nice. pipes sound really good. Yeah, Kirker, the Kirker pipes sound really good. And I mean, that's been what fifteen years since that Was thing run. EX or ES five hundred. EX. EX five hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, Andre, our friend Andre, came by. He hasn't been here here in a while, but he brought his friend. What was his name again? Is it Danny? Yeah, on Andre on, 3000 on, the, yeah. on a Ninja 250. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a sad state That he's owned for three years, and it's got like 30-something thousand miles on Nearly it. Nearly 40. Nearly 40. He said he's changed oil religiously. Uh, he's changed the the spark plugs, to, you know, done everything. But ever since he bought it, it's ha- been hard starting when it was cold. So he took it to a mechanic in town who adjusted the valves, and he said it got a little bit better, but then it didn't it got worse again so emma was helping out we were trying to figure out if it was spark or carb or whatever and i did notice that the left spark plug was gummed up whereas right. the right one was clean mm-hmm. so what uh, testing did you find out on that bike um the final test i mean whenever i had my suspicions as soon as i heard it um but you want to exhaust all the other possibilities. But cut a long story short, that bike got no compression on the left side. Mm. And it's you can slice it and dice it any way you want, but those little 250 Ninja engines, 40,000 miles is a long way for them. It's an awful long way. Especially on you know the swill that masquerades as fuel that gets sold here mm. in California. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so it's going to be an engine pull. And what I... Th- my plan for that engine, hopefully he's going to come back next week. We're going to pull the engine. He's you, still riding it. You can't it. just run some seafoam through that? No, 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 no. I think what we're going to find is the the valves are going to be burnt. More specifically, the exhaust valves are going to be burnt. Mm-hmm. I think it's throwing compression out the exhaust valve. Um, okay. So cut the valves in, but while we've got the top end apart, because it's engine out, so we've got to pull the engine, so we'll uh, pull the cylinders off, maybe ring it. Put rings in it. Um, 
So that's going to need an engine rebuild. Yes. Th- those are those are fun engines. I've I've rebuilt actually a couple. Yeah, the neat the neat little engine. It's got the, the counterbalance shaft in there yep. in the front, and uh, mm. but I'll tell you the problem with those forty thousand miles. You know, I think that thing had like a fourteen forty five sprocket ratio, and on the highway, if you're doing like seventy miles an hour, you're the howling. poor thing's like twelve thousand RPM. Right. So forty thousand miles of that is a lot of wear and tear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the only problem is um, if he's needing to pull the engine on that. Um, Andy just came in and set up his engine in the engine rebuilding room. Uh, Andy, you want to give us an update with your bike? Well, okay. So I took a trip down to the Salton Sea on the way back. My bike, I was coming up 101 northbound. Can I stop right, Andy right no. there? Because his trip was <laughs> fucking badass. Right. I appreciate that, Jim. I, I really do. I, so. I, I've told him this before, but I'll just say he rode, and you got to see his bike. And it's all, he built it. It's so him. That's a long-ass ride, dude. So for those yeah. that don't know about the Salton Sea, it used to be a man-made lake resort for many decades. Mm-hmm. It was not too far from Palm Springs, I want to say. So there was houses and, and yacht clubs and the whole you know beach clubs, all that. And then the lake dried up. Mm-hmm. And this was a couple decades ago, I want to say. Yep, a 60, end of 60s or yeah. mid-70s, I so think. So what's left is this ghost town on a dry lake bed um but there are still people who live in there's that still area. some yeah. people but, but aside yeah. from that, part. andy for people that haven't heard describe the the chopper you rode down on well it's uh mostly stock well engine engine is stock it's a xs 650 it's got a 1.8 gallon tank which actually posed a lot of problems because mm-hmm. my friends started complaining about that they're <laughs> riding big sport tours uh mm-hmm. one of them's riding a gsx oh, i know better than to let someone like you go on a trip with me <laughs> <laughs> well and the other one's riding a bmw sport tour 12, uh 1150 rt so they were pretty annoyed with having to uh, stop every about 50 or so miles. <laughs> oh, you should get an electric Man. motorcycle. You yeah, get twice the range. But this thing is, when you when you talk about a chopper has to be uncomfortable to be cool, you got a cool fucking chopper. I'll tell you that, because uh, it did not look like a great way, a fun way to tour. No, honestly, it's one of the <laughs> dumbest ways you could tour, really. Um. You know, though, I will say, though, for a lot of us, like Jim and I want to do an Iron Butt this year. I've already done it, but... You know, it's uh, some sort. It's like a mark on your sleeve. It's like, right. yeah, I did it. It's about the equivalent of going down to the grocery store on his chopper. It takes <laughs> about the same amount of gumption. Of pain. No, <laughs> it's not no, a no, comfortable that is true. ride. That is true. That is true. I mean, it's got a foot clutch. Um, you know, the stock excess engine has no counterbalancers. It's two giant pistons going up and down at the same time. And uh, the bikes are geared pretty short internally, stock, so... Well, like what going down? Um, I've geared it the uh, the main gearing pretty high, and still going down the freeway. It's and the spinning. seat, it's made from uh, a dictionary with an oven mitt on it, right? <laughs> a burned <laughs> oven mitt. Close, <laughs> close, yeah, about, close. About that. Uh, the foam has about the consistency of a dictionary, but you <laughs> know. my my favorite part <laughs> are his 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 hand grips are about three inches apart. <laughs> 13 inches. Yeah. 13 inches. It's epic. So I just wanted to frame it because the fact that you rode that bike that you built that's so unsafe and uncomfortable. Very true. So far. (laughs) And you didn't give a fuck. I thought it was rad. So good on you, man. And you got a hand shifter on there, too, right? Yep. Foot clutch, hand shift. And, you know, I did give a fuck that it was uncomfortable. (laughs) I complained a lot about it. 
Uh, I did also run out of gas once and ran out of gas almost a couple more times. Naked? <laughs> no, you wear no, that not crown yet. back. Not that is your crown. No, she's not the only one, though. Oh, <laughs> true, now, true. Um, was there grumbling from the BMW rider that you ran out of gas? Did they abandon you, or did you get any sympathy? Or? Actually, it was on the way down, so it was with the GSX rider, uh, and he is an older man, and he is completely fine with going slow. The younger BMW rider liked going 90 miles an hour. Okay. So that was a real tough time keeping up with him. I mean, on the way down, my bike did hit 90 a couple times. Do you have Holy a front cow. brake? I do this time. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was really a tough time keeping up with such a short geared, you know, high revving, no counterbalancer engine, you know. Huge and your hands are like this. Well, you can't see it. That's that's not the point. The engine vibrates a lot, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's it's like a <laughs> it's not as bad as a Harley, I guess. I mean, I've seen how Harleys vibrate, but at speed, that thing will just numb every part you of know. your body. Andy, I got four words for you. What? Shoulda bought the Concourse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That so, was, that so that kind of work. Yeah, I mean, I've ridden about I want to say an '84, '85. I rode a Triumph 650 chopper from England to Amsterdam. Nice. Similar, similar kind of journey. And I'll concur, it's the vibration that killed you. Mm. Because it just sends everything to sleep. Your hands yeah. go to sleep, yep. your feet yep. goes to sleep, your butt goes to sleep. And of course, that's okay. But when it comes back to life, dear God, it's like being stabbed multiple times. So <laughs> let's get back to, so what happened... What, how did it break down? So how did it go down? I was going up uh, back towards Santa Cruz my second day up. I was kind of taking it easy, but I noticed my bike was kind of running hot, not very happy at idle after a long day of riding. It was misfiring on one of the cylinders. The next day, get up from my hotel. I'm going up uh, about halfway through the day. I'm going up like 70 miles an hour, 101, and I just lose a cylinder. Um, so I'm really confused. I pull over to the side. Uh, I take my carbs off on the side of the freeway nice. <laughs> with giant big rigs passing me it was pretty not not a very nice place to did be. you have something besides a pocket knife i remember the what first time when you were around uh, you did the same thing on the side of the road but you had like a pocket knife or something uh yeah i, th I think well now i carry a lot more tools i carry two pocket knives <laughs> <laughs> um oh, so andy fill me on you're you're coming up one-on-one -on -one. where is this dried up lake bed like where uh, where was your southern destiny? california it's like what six six hundred and fifty miles so, so it's south of la yeah, uh, it's, well, it's uh, east, southeast, southeast, yeah. Yeah. southeast of okay. LA. About, I think it's about a hundred, hundred or so miles. I don't really know exactly how far. Is it not like near Big Bear? I'm just curious. Some people mm. might want to know where it is. Don't know where. It, Big I Bear think is. it's closest to Palm Springs. Yeah, close yeah, to Palm Springs. yeah. Okay. Okay. Close, close, close-ish to Palm Springs. Okay. Um, yeah, it's basically kind of in the middle of nowhere, next to Slab City. So, okay, that puts. All right, so you're losing power, you said. Well, I lost a cylinder, so I pull over on the side of the freeway, take my bike apart. I'm really confused. Um, do you want to go through the whole story? No, I just wanted what, that moment. Then you, the oh shit moment. Oh well, it was definitely when I was going down the freeway and my bike stopped running. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you know, oh, I I got back home, I took it apart, <laughs> and it turns out that, um, well. First of all, my cam lobes were really ground down. They were more box-shaped than round-shaped. Let me stop you there. Yes. Because we're going to come back to this. Oh, okay. Okay. So the topic tonight is, so you want to rebuild an engine. Ha, 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 So I've maybe, done it a maybe, few times. Maybe once Jim is not the right word. Jim tried and gave up. 
Uh, I did I'm not sure give Bagel's up. Done Don't it. say that. <laughs> I built my engine. Jerry's done it. Yep. Andy's about to do it. Well, I've done it with mopeds. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that um, Ninja 250 is going to do it next week, too. But there's another misfit who's done this recently that I want to uh, bring into this conversation. Give me a second. Hey. Hello. What's Zach? up, motherfucker? Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Hey, can you hear everyone okay? Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah. Aloha. What's up, wintertime? Oh, hey. Hey, Zach. So we just said our topic today is so you want to rebuild an engine. So yeah. I thought we'd come back to you and just check in. So, for Zach, how long have you been gone now? Oh, I got back like uh, December 4th. So. I don't know. Four months? Um, about four months. Well, we miss you. Yeah, we do I miss, miss you, you Zach. <laughs> I miss you so much. <laughs> so you're back there in Massachusetts, and <laughs> it's been winter, so you've had <laughs> you've had plenty of time to rebuild an engine, haven't you? Yes. So why did you decide to rebuild the engine on your SV650? Uh, well, it was having a little trouble starting. Uh, I knew the bike probably had about 80, 85,000 miles on it. Um, and shit, I mean, I take, I've, I've taken apart SV engines before, so it wasn't like I was jumping in totally having never done it. Yeah, but this one wasn't pre-exploded. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. This one, there was actually some stake in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just decided I'd do it. And if I couldn't do it, I'd figure it out. It's cold and lonely in New England in the winter, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not so bad in my garage, even though it's not heated. So it is cold and lonely in there. But it doesn't feel so lonely with the motorcycle. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about your setup at your garage there. So, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to use a – basically have a three-bay garage all to myself. So oh. I, got, oh, wow. I got an auto shop on kind of like an auto setup on one side with a bench. Then another 15, 16 feet of workbench along the wall. And then I got a pool table and a couch. Oh my God. Uh, Wait, where, uh, where are you? Is this you know, Trump's place or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then he woke up. I mean, you live with my parents. You know, it's all right. <laughs> wow. And there it is. But nice. it's worth it for a three-car garage. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So... So you decided to take your engine apart just because you're thinking it's 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 due, right? Yeah, I wanted to do an inspection. You know, it was eighty thousand miles on the engine. I think it was probably due. What did, what did you done to this point? Uh, what have I done? Yeah, like have you done the valves or rings or anything, or has it just been kind of this is the first time it's been taken apart? Uh, well, I mean, uh. Just two and a half months ago, it was uh, I was sitting there with one crankcase half next to the other crankcase half, and a bowl full of crankshaft and a bowl full of transmission. <laughs> um, and I probably put about fifty miles on it today. There Sweet. you go. <laughs> nice, you're writing it. So that's a success story. Yeah, there's some issues, but uh, and I mean, I did lots of upgrades while I was at it. Hmm. Yeah. So tell us some of the things you did. 
All right, let me. I, I wrote down my list. So, uh, brand new pistons and rings. So, right now I'm in the yes. first stage break in, so I can't go over 5,000 RPMs, which is lame. <laughs> but, yes. uh, so, brand new pistons and rings. Um, I discovered that my camshafts, my intake camshafts, are out of spec. Mm. Um, but a common mod for SVs is a, to buy second gen intake cams, which are a little taller, and install those into the intakes, and then install your first gen intake cams with modified markings into the exhausts. Wow. Hmm. So I took my intake cams, which are worn beyond the spec for O1 intakes, but were within the spec for O2 exhaust cams, and then put bought a new set of O2 of uh, second gen intake cams. So did a cam swap to get taller cams uh, for intake. Uh, made my valves clearances right. I put a finally put a 636 rear shock on it, which is the best for that um, for the first gen. Uh, fresh ass gaskets, brand new spark plugs, new air filter, new oil filter uh, with synthetic oil, fresh coolant, new sprockets chain, uh, new sprocket lugs, new battery. Um, I upgraded the reg, uh, the reg rec to a MOSFET type from CBR 600. And then mm-hmm. I installed a director battery reg rec kit and a director battery headlight kit, new exhaust clamps, and uh, you know, handful of stuff. So let me ask you about how much did you invest in this? Um, so that's, I went into it kind of not really knowing and just <laughs> right? being, well, obviously out here, like my expenses are a lot lower. Um, so I can turn a lot more of my income to the project and that was kind of my goal. So I went into it with no real budget in mind and was like going totally on like while you're in there. Um, as long as it wasn't too expensive. Uh, so which so kind probably... of Ducati could you have picked up? <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I don't want a Ducati. I want my SV. All right. So, what, you... how much did you end up spending? I haven't done the math. Uh, I would guess probably at least fifteen hundred. All right. So, Emma, for somebody to take a bike like that to the shop, about how much would it cost to have that done? Um, well, that's difficult to say because what Zach's done is upgraded a lot of chassis parts as well as engine parts. But what I can tell you is if you have a full engine rebuild at a shop, which would include new pistons, a um, little bit of crank work, camshaft swap, um, he saved himself at least $1,000, maybe 1500 bucks. That all, in fact, with cams as well, that could be a $4,000 job. Um, I can I can almost close my eyes and see Phil from Cleveland Motor nodding his head right now. <laughs> because, you know, if you start building an engine at a shop, I mean, the clock's on it. Most shops these days are $100 now. And you can, they're all around that kind of figure. And building an engine is a, is a long, drawn-out process. And, and Zach wasn't doing plug-and-play. You know, he was customizing and he was getting, you know. Right, exactly. It wasn't and like, okay, just OEM spec, OEM spec. He was getting real creative with stuff. Yeah. So, and, and, Emma, and, you wouldn't have swapped the uh, exhaust valve and intake valve and done all that other stuff. You would well, have done. Unfo- in, in my garage, I would. But at work, especially if you work for a dealership. They can't do that kind of stuff. You, Absolutely. You are bound by manufacturer's spec. Because there's all kinds of liability that are mm-hmm. that's attached to it, yeah. and if you start doing hop-up work, um, you know, and the guy wads his bikes, you've given him an extra twenty horsepower, and he lawyers himself up. You could be in a world of trouble. So, just by the fact he customized his bike, 
he can do that because he did it. If you go to a, a full... Now, an independent shop's slightly different. They're not quite as governed as we are. But as a Suzuki dealer, if Zach was to have brought me an SV650 engine, it would get beautifully rebuilt, but it would have got rebuilt to exactly Gen 1 specifications. Right. Yeah. So here's what I'd like to discuss. So we have different cases. We have Zach who just has a high mileage bike that he loves and he wants to ensure that it's going to keep running. We've got Andy who is forced to the side of the road. Uh, you know, he's got now he's got to rebuild. And then we have a guy who's been riding the bike running poorly. Right. Now he's he's at a point where he has to decide does he want to do it. So what I want to do is let's talk about how do you first determine if you need to rebuild the engine or not? So we've got the, ob like Zach made the choice, Andy, it was determined by opening his engine. And what bits and parts did you find in there? Well, I found the bit of a camshaft ro or of a rocker arm that was <laughs> cracked. <laughs> well, I mean, did it you? Was, it was detached. So did you start by doing like a compression or leak down test? How did you? Yep. I went to O'Reilly's. I rented a compression tester. Right side red 150, left side zero. Mm. Right, so that, that's that, yeah. that's usually a good way to start, right? Just yep. check compression. Right. So yeah. checking compression, mm -hmm. and that's going to tell you if the valves or the rings or anything. Right, is blown uh, out. and you know if you've got zero, and zero is zero, that's a catastrophic failure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's if you've bad. got if you've got worn rings. Or worn valves. You have low compression, but not. Yeah, zero. exactly. You might get thirty pounds. You might get yeah. forty pounds. It'll that still little, run. That little yellow Ninja two hundred and fifty today. He was running about forty fifty pounds on the dead cylinder, so he had some, which leads me to believe it's got burnt valves. When you've got zero, something you've broke. got. Yes, exactly. Yes, Terry knows moving, what's coming. Right. You've got a hold piston. You've got a piston that's detached from the rod. Now, usually there's noise accompanied with that. You've got a valve that's embedded in the head of the piston. You've got a bent. You've got a catastrophic failure. So now failure. you're talking C's. And what that means is nothing happens. You can't turn the engine. Right. So you go to hit your starter. Clunk. Click, click nothing happens. The next step you would do is uh, most bikes are going to have an inspection cover on the side that you can get to the crank and put a wrench on it and try right. to turn it. If that doesn't turn, that's catastrophic. Yeah. If it does turn, then you still have to start testing compression. And right, like that. and you, that's a decision in, in itself you have to make. If the engine won't turn, you've got decisions to make that go beyond the fact that it won't turn. Because let's say you've got a valve that's collided with a piston. And that's a top-end problem. Okay, well, that's fine. So you take the engine apart, you measure the rod, the rod's straight, crank's good. You know that the forces that that rod and crank have been subjected to are so high, even though they spec out well, do you really want to rebuild that engine? Because, you know, if it's seized, if an engine seizes, especially a twin-cylinder engine, it's going to seize on one side, generally, mm -hmm. which means the other side's been driving it mm -hmm. as it's seizing. And it's got to the point where, let's say it seizes on the left side. The right side's been, you, you've been giving it the beans, and <laughs> the right side's going, let's go. The left's going, hang on a minute, and 
ah, I can't <laughs> take anymore. And then, but if you think about just the forces that have been at play on that crankshaft, mm. even if it specs out well, I don't know. It's a lot of know? stress. It's a lot of yeah. stress. And that might not come to fruition next week or even next month. I guarantee it'll come to fruition when you're on your first long run and you're riding in a pack and the and the rod says, well, I'm lonely inside the engine. I'm going to make a nice hole in the crankcase and appear. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Hello! Sometimes that does happen. I've seen where, yeah, people, the mm -hmm. engine has, has I, exploded. I used to work at a car dealership and somebody came in one time wanted an oil change. And they had a hole in the side of their motor. We actually refilled the motor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like sticking at this. We told them this. And now you need to get a new motor. So now just give me my oil change. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to 1978. And a very, very young Emma has a BSA 250, a B25 Starfire. I love that bike. Beautiful. So I'm on the A38. And I'm, and I'm doing about 60. 65 miles an hour and i got overtaken by a rover 2000 not a land rover a rover sedan oh. i thought i'm gonna catch that bastard <laughs> 65 70 75 this were is very quick were you, for a bsa uh, were you giving it the beans i was giving it the beans, it the beans. 75 miles an hour and then there was this huge bang Boom. And, uh, and i coasted the side <laughs> of the road and the whole bottom of the engine was gone oh. my, it was like oh. a flap oh. the oh, bottom man. of the engine was a flap and wow and the 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 rod was poking out and part of the piston too because it just gone through the bottom of the engine with just wow. such force man. it had it hadn't just thrown a rod it had thrown a rod out of the engine through the whole and bottom it was just out. like yeah it was just a disaster. Jeez. All right, so I'm going to assume when that happens, you, it's it's a boat anchor at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. really, that's the point I was making. <laughs> you're not going to recover from that. Then you either throw the engine away or throw the bike away, depending on the value of the but machine. going back to diagnosing. Yes. So we know you can check for compression. You can check to see if it's moving, seized at all. Um, another test, anytime you're suspect, Drain the oil. Right. Check the oil. Yep. And look what's in the oil. If you have access to the pan, pull the pan because the pan almost certainly will have little magnets in it. And that is going to give you a better idea than just looking in the oil. Now, if mm -hmm. we go back to Andy's machine, he brought in the pan, which on uh, an XS650 has got a very, very fine gauze filter in it. Um, and it was full of a metallic sludge. And, you know, I've seen better. I've seen worse. But the most damning thing, actually, in the pan of Andy's bike was a smashed-up piece of bearing race. Mm -hmm. Oh, And so when, yep. you, when you see metal bits at the bottom, now it's time to do exactly full rebuild. Because sometimes you can get away with the top end. Right. So if you drain the oil and it's clean... Maybe you don't have to do uh, the bottom end. Maybe just the top it, end. Exactly, and I mean it's it's. It, let's go back to a seat. If a, if your engine seized under duress, you're going to build that whole engine, no matter what it is, because of the forces. If you've got an engine that turns over, that maybe has low compression, you find out what, and you just attend to the part that's broken. So you're saying if you can check that magnet, you got uh, a lot of like ferrite f uh, fragments, like microscopic, you can possibly get away with not a rebuild. But if you find large pieces, a chunk of rubber, yes, exactly. then you're done. You know, it's, it, it, 
it's that kind of metallic-y sludge. It's a byproduct of high-revving engines, especially ones that haven't had their oil change. It's not the end of the world. You know, it's almost the consistency of... Your lube? Yes. Motosexual It's like applesauce. <laughs> apple yeah, yeah right? it's almost like applesauce. It's that yeah. consistency and it's great. And, you yeah. know, it's yeah. you don't want to see too much of that, but if you got that in the end... Yeah, so let's talk about but chunks you're done let's talk about the decision to um to rebuild or replace so, okay so, so we got zach, zach on the phone still yeah zach, zach yeah he, well, he, what, what year is your s what what year is your sv650 01 01 okay all right so zach chose to rebuild and that was about 1500 dollars. right on my xs 750 when i grenaded the engine i decided to just go on ebay for 500 dollars ship mm-hmm. i bought a used engine threw it in there I think I changed the oil because Douglas made me, but I right. was just going to like throw it in. Um, and it's been running great. So for me, I thought it was worth the risk for a $500 engine. Worst case scenario, I have spare parts. Right. Yeah. So, well, so that raises another question. What's yeah. a used uh, 01 SV650 with well, $25,000 well, uh, cost? To, to, be, to be clear, I mean, in terms of total cost of engine rebuild, right. that was actually more like probably 300 i see because it's all your right. components you got gotcha. right because like that was like a gasket set um and then beyond that it was like high quality synthetic oil right electronics upgrades upgrades more upgrades upgrades like right, right, right. You, you know, you that's, know that, that, like... that's the total cost of the build since i since i started work on it but like in terms of total engine rebuild cost we're, it's really more much closer to like you know a couple hundred yeah so for you it sounds like it was worth it the Liza was saying it to to rebuild or not to rebuild if you had a mid 80s bike and you had an engine seizure and yeah. you could get a used bike for $1200 but it's going to cost you 1500 to rebuild it it almost right. doesn't make sense unless you want the experience you know well and I was right. going to say I think the the experience Zach that you're getting is is pretty huge i mean to be able to make the mods that you're doing take the bike out and i'll be curious to hear after the break-in period right um, when you start riding this thing like i know you like to ride motorcycles oh. and i do miss it dearly when are you coming back god damn it's, you it's 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 I, I it is punchier already i can feel it already and that's without any rejetting or anything so think about the um, education you got just by going through the process so even if yeah. you, you spent a right. little more who fucking cares you built it you you tricked it out i think it's awesome well, that that was that was a big thing is like I knew that I was walking into four or five months of no riding. So that's because it was two degrees out, dude. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was cold. You know, I mean, it's not that cold. But, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be riding for five months. So I knew that I had the time <clears throat> to not have to you. have yeah. the bike ride. I got you. Yeah, yeah. OK, so let's say somebody gets to the point. They've concluded that they need to do an engine rebuild. They've checked around. They can't find a cheap one on eBay, and they decide they want to take on this project. So I say that there's four major factors of, of this decision. I want to cover these because if somebody's you know wanting to do this, and a lot of us have done it just because you know you just want that experience. So you, let's, you want to let's dig in. Liza, so, have us guess what some of these are. I'm, I'm going to take a shot at one. Okay, uh, what is it? You need a you need a place to do this that you're not going to need to clean it up for at least a couple weeks that is correct you need the space to work in (laughs) yes dismantling an engine i recommend getting like a whole like rack of shelves at least and you're going to need to have a big table to work on yeah we're gonna we'll we'll talk about the space you require to build an engine in a little while all right jim you have a guess i I, I have lots of lessons learned from me doing this when it comes time but it's like everything it's it's time 
Yes. You're going to need time the you, time. Because to do yeah. it right, you I mean, you talk to the old guys that rebuild these things. They're like, go slow. Mm-hmm. Go as slow as it's ridiculous to go which, slow. Which means not just time, but patience as right. well. Yeah. Yeah, they're, which, they're right. And time is more of a finite concept than the hours on a clock. It's time you can devote to the project. To cry. If you're <laughs> if you're running two jobs, it's okay if you've got three hours in the evening, but if your dog tired from running your jobs, you're gonna build a shitty engine. Mm, right. So it's good time. It's you, you know, it you've you've got to be able to get your head into the building the engine. So we've got space, we've got time. What else do we need? All right, who wants to take another guess? Tools. That's right. Tools. Tools. Yes. Right so tools. we'll get into this. There's a lot of uh, specialty tools oh, that yeah. come in handy for this. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, even something like a stick or a pipe are tools that I use. But yeah. yes, tools are, are you need. <laughs> and then anyone want to take guess at the last I've, thing? I've got a trick that I used, oh. and that is you get a, a couple old beer boxes just like this case here. Yeah. And um, when you take a bolt out of the motor, because you might not put oh, it in I'm for- gonna, yeah. We're, we're going to yeah. get to that, Terry. I okay. know what you're about that. to say. We're going to okay. get to okay. that. Okay, okay. Let's get, but what's the last thing on my list? Oh, the green stuff, money. Yes, <laughs> money. money. So Who I, worries I, about that? Um, <laughs> you have to know, you know, if you're working on an old bike like a CB750, those parts sure. have become expensive. Right, right. Finding, if you're wanting to put in new old stock, like when I uh, tore apart my spare CB750 engine, um, I sold the cam for 200 bucks. Sure. Wow. Just for the cam. I still have the rest of the engine here. Um so you got to start looking into what parts are available, how much they're going to cost. I remember when Douglas got that um, YZ250 to flip that needed an engine rebuild. And he's like, I've rebuilt dirt bike motors. This shouldn't be hard. Turns out the components on that YZ250 engine are expensive because that's a high-performance engine. The valves alone were like 200 bucks. Sure. Wow. I'm used to paying yep. like 12 bucks for right. the valves mm. on a CB750. So wow. 200 bucks for a set of uh, titanium valves. That ended up costing as much to repair as it was worth in the end right so and that was a bike he got as a flipper project you know so the money you need to do all the research you need to try and figure out exactly what it's going to need emma luckily that guy you were helping today the yellow ninja 250 the parts for that are dirt cheap they oh they're cheap as cheap yeah. thousands of those so names. um you know uh, for that project the plan is he's going to ride it in we'll strip down the engine we'll make a list he can order them off Fleabay or Amazon, get them delivered the following week, and then we're going to put it together the following week, just as we've not, done for Rebecca a couple so, of times. So, Liza, you want me to hold Not off so my... easy yeah, sometimes, though. A warning. No, you. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the space. About how much space <laughs> do you need? You can never have enough. A three-bay garage. <laughs> <laughs> However much you have, you will fill it up. So, Zach, since you just did it, how much space did you use? Uh, depends on how organized you are. Uh, how organized? It depends on how organized the space is. If you have a lot of shelf space, you might not need that much. He used the entire three uh, bays. Exactly. <laughs> no, I I was able to play pool very effectively. <laughs> Two of those bays, and also do an engine rebuild. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as you keep things organized. Uh, by the end, when I was doing the reassembly, I, it was helpful to have big workbenches to lay everything out. Right. Um, was it but like it's not strictly necessary? What's that show, Liza? We watch with the Top Gear dude who 
puts stuff together. Oh, James, James May. May, yeah. Remember James May show? Where he lays out every little bolt and spring yeah. and thing. Well, you know, James, he's he's definitely kind of anal about it. But what Zach said is so true. You've got this compact engine. You have no idea when you take an engine apart just how much space it occupies. There's a lot of parts yeah, in an oh engine. Yeah. I'll send you pictures. Yeah, you can oh, I can, it, I can <laughs> only imagine. But space, it's not floor space. The floor is a bad place for your engine. Yes. Yeah. Or it, parts it makes, of your engine. It makes everything go faster if you have a place where things can live. Like, mm -hmm. here's my cylinder heads. They live there rather than having to constantly shuffle things around as you do the reassembly. Zach, so, what did you what did you do to figure out when you were putting the reassembly back together? How did you know which bolt went where? What kind of organizational process did you use? Uh, well, I disassembled the engine four times uh, in the process, <laughs> and wow. put it in the bike about three, and then took it back out. Um, uh. And uh, I've but I've taken apart SV650 engines before, so I I had a pretty good idea. Whenever I got to a spot, and this like I, I've like on this is most of my lesson learned stuff. Like I had. If I there's something I didn't really wasn't sure that I'd know where it'd go back, I would label it. But there's some bolts that there's only one place they could go. Right. So I knew the engine so well. You've done already. it four times before. For people that are doing it for the first time, I like I know people that use the Tupperware container and they say these are these bolts. I use the cardboard box where the box yeah. is my motor and I draw with an indelible marker on the side and I stick bolts through the cardboard box. So as I'm putting the motor back together, I pull a bolt out of the box and put it back in the spot yep. where it goes. Hmm. Um, I do that for, for side cases and splitting splitting the cases. I absolutely did that. Yeah, yeah, so I wanted to talk about some some tricks. So say you've got you've got the space. You've got a good table to work on. Or I even, um, when I did engine rebuild, I bought from Harbor Freight one of these three shell or two shelf rolling carts mm -hmm. and i was able to put blocks of wood on the top and have the engine balanced on it so uh, yep. so i had tools underneath and as i disassembled behind me um in the garage here there's two sets of these shelves that are uh the the rack shelves with like wood wood insert shelves that you can buy at home depot or ace hardware and these two shelves were here when i did my engine because as i would disassemble i'd set them onto the shelves in the order I'm disassembling. So other tricks, um, sandwich bags yep. mm -hmm. and a magic marker. Mm -hmm. yep. So yep. when you're pulling stuff out, even though you may say like left side cover, you don't have to know exactly which bolt went in where. It's helpful if you use the cardboard and you even draw out the shape of the side cover or the case, whatever. It's, it's tough when there's yep. 12 bolts you take out and 10 of them are the same length, and then two are a different length. Mm -hmm. right. How do I identify yep. where those two long totally. ones go? Right. Yep. If you have the, the surface area, it's nice to use butcher paper and lay them out and use that Sharpie. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yes. smart. Okay, if, if cool. You, if you can put a bolt back in, put yeah. a bolt back in. Yeah. yeah. Also, egg crates. So we have a lot of yeah. Egg, yeah. egg crates here and muffin tins hmm. that we use. And you get those aluminum muffin, muffin tins. Muffin tins. <laughs> and those are great when you're pulling a bunch of, of screws out of bits. Or I remember when I was taking like the rockers apart, you could put all the different components and you could put the valve collets and all that stuff in the muffin tins. Do you, you know, know what, what do you know what yeah. a, a muffin tin's called in England? Oh no. Oh good gosh. Hmm. Hodgepodge basket. <laughs> no fucking. I don't know. It's called a Yorkshire muffin tin. It's called a Yorkshire pudding tin. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I will say is when I um when I took the uh the XR three fifty, the eighty three XR three fifty apart, 
it was the first time I had taken an engine apart, and I tried to use a lot of the tricks that Terry was referring to. I cut out right. the cardboard and, you know, with mm-hmm. this, all the cases, and Liza told me too, and did the Ziploc bags and did the milk, uh, the egg crates, as a matter of fact. And what I learned is you still can't organize and <laughs> write down enough. Don't, you know, right. yeah. be as, as, as anal retentive as you might think you're being. Be more anal retentive. So, so I've got I've got another technique when when you're rebuilding a motor, try to take it apart and then uh, put it back together as soon as possible. Don't take it apart and then get frustrated with it and try to leave it sit for four months. Yes. You go back and you forget a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, try yeah. to try to you know organize the project to get it done as quickly as possible. The hardest but, part of my job is getting an engine to to rebuild. And either the customer's budget doesn't allow for the engine to be built straight away, or it might be a sophisticated Italian engine where we have to wait a long time for parts. But mm-hmm. generally, the Japanese stuff, it comes apart, we order the parts, a couple of days later the parts come in, it goes back together very simply. But like what Terry says, if I've got an engine that's been apart on my bench for a month, two months, you know, I'm I'm working my head trying to get it back together. And you know what the inside of my head sounds like, don't you, Jim? <laughs> no! He's got, I, I, he's I got also, a sound effect. If you have a little bit of patience, um, I, I've found, uh, especially since I'm really new to all of this, I've taken photos, and then I've also yep. shot, yeah, shot many yeah. videos. You know, And, and it's time-stamped, it's date-stamped. Right. Hey, Beck, so when you shoot yeah. your... Because I've, I've tried this unsuccessfully. Do you do like a GoPro or just a video camera? Oh, How do you do it? Dude, Stop. electric uh, tape. And I used a broken lamp post and had... I just electrical taped my... Oh, my, you made a stand. I did. Oh. And, oh, cool. and wow. turned it on and said, hey. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to date myself here. Well, one, I've been riding electric for a while, but I have not rebuilt a gasoline engine since my cell phone was able to take camera photos. <laughs> so, um, But you know what? That's a great technique we didn't say. Take pictures mm-hmm. before yeah. you take everything apart. Take pictures of the wiring harnesses. Take pictures of everything. Absolutely. Take pictures yeah. as you take things apart, too. One thing that I picked up that, that I kind of like thought of, too, as I was doing this is, like, I've, I've taken apart this engine before, so I kind of knew it. But, like, if it's your first time doing it, don't have ego about it. You don't know what you're doing. So yeah. if there's any chance that you don't know exactly what you're taking off and exactly where it needs to go back, take a picture, document it. If you don't know exactly what it is by sight, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't know what you're doing, take your time and document everything. Actually, along those lines of not knowing what you're doing, uh, the first time, be very careful with the temptation to have a screwdriver and a hammer to pry stuff apart or right. whatever. Oh, yeah. Don't ever do that. Mistake. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Well, yeah. sometimes stuff is pressed together, which is okay, but but look carefully because more times than not, you've missed a bolt that's holding oh, the yeah. cases me? together or right. something like that. Yeah. With that XR 350, like me, Knock, and Doug. Um, yeah, it did that with a screwdriver and a hammer. Yeah, if, that, and that because of back, one bolt. And that comes back to tools again, because if you have the right tools, that right. Is, what, is what allows you to take it apart the right way. And the right tool in this case is a schematic. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. Tools, yeah. Generally speaking, and I, it is a generalization, <clears throat> but generally speaking, you do not need to exert much force to dismantle or rebuild a motorcycle engine or any engine. 
if you're really wrenching on it, if you're really hammering stuff and prying into it, there is something wrong. Most engines, unless they've been sitting at the bottom of somebody's garden for 30 years, <laughs> are going to come apart really easy. R- rubber, so yeah. rubber mallet is always so better. So a yeah. rubber or a hide mallet, just soft faces, you know. Just yep. pretend the engine is somebody you care about. Don't abuse them. <laughs> it's gonna. You can be very gentle and dismantle an engine. Yeah. If you're really yep. having to hammer on it with a screwdriver, there is something desperately so wrong. Most if, most if you, car blocks are, are steel, but most uh, motorcycle blocks are aluminum. And if I, you start banging on it with a hammer, you're going to end up leaking oil or something's not going to be made up because you're going to dent it. Do you mean aluminium, Terry? Uh, al- aluminium <laughs> is, is what I meant. Sorry about that, Emma. Go, go ahead, Zach. Um, I mean, if you can't, like, you know, when I was splitting the cases, I was hammering on it with, you know, rubber mallet, but it, it wouldn't split. And I turned out I did miss a bolt. Fair and enough. if you, if you can't, you know, um, if you, if you tap it a couple times with a mallet and those cases don't start to go, start looking for a bolt, you know, it, it really, Emma's right. It really doesn't take that much. Yeah. That's, that's why I said that. Cause I've, I've done it to Zach a thousand times and, and it, <laughs> well, you know. On 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 a on, on a side note, and maybe we'll talk about it later. My manual was not correct. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it did. It, there were some bolts that were there that the manual did not list as being there. Um, I snapped an engine mounting bolt because it it, it told me to over torque it. Um, there was parts where it told me to tighten clamps that didn't exist, and not to tighten clamps where clamps did exist. So did, so did, I, did you? Use I put it a together. Yeah, I put I use a torque wrench for everything, but I put it together. I managed to like put it back together by like adding up that information. But know that if you don't have the OEM manual, I'm working off a climber manual that it right. may not be exactly right. So don't torque an M10 bolt to seventy to sixty-eight foot pounds, hmm. like your manual tells you to do, because that's doesn't it's way too tight. What what, <laughs> what type of manual were you using, Zach? It was a climber. Okay. Yeah, I like climber and Haynes just fine. Yeah, they they're, do the they're job. good. You just have to when you're doing engine, you have to you know pay attention to what you're doing, and if the the manual doesn't make sense, do some research. The 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 fact is, as far as manuals go, and please don't get me wrong, because I'm not going down on uh, on climber manuals. I'm not being down on the Haynes manuals. But if it is a climber or a Haynes, you have to regard it as a guide. It is mm-hmm. not the Bible. The only true manual for your bike is the OEM manual for that model year. If you go into the bike shop that I work at, there is a whole wall full of manuals. And for each model year of SV650, there is a different manual. Oh, wow. wow. And that is the only one for that bike. It's the only true manual. If you're working from Haynes or a climber, they're great publications. And they're, they're particularly Haynes, they're done in language that everyone can understand. Mm-hmm. But it is a guide. Hey, Knox just joined us. Yeah, I know. Uh, hey, hey, I got the tail end of that, and I agree with you because I've had climber and Haynes manuals, and I try to do my work, uh, work on my old uh, Ninja, He's, my ZX six R. He said tail end, and uh, <laughs> it just was not happening, man. Yeah, so. it, it's just a guide. It's, yeah, it, it's a guide rather than the be all at the end all. Um, do you- you can buy the the OEM manual, but they are expensive. I mean, you know what? I think it's better than nothing. I don't know if that's already been said before. Oh, for but sure. Yeah. So yeah. I want to establish. So we've talked about. All right, you've got this the space to work in. You've got your workspace. You've got plenty of of room. You've got ways to organize and sort as you're removing bits. Um, 
you've got the time, you're not tired. And now I said money, and here's something. Did somebody say water? Have, uh, have a nice cup of water there with them? I like tea. Water, uh, tea. No, I, I like rebuilding music. engines with a nice cup of tea. There you go. Um, and, Whatever gets um, you comfortable, right? Yeah, a little bit of classical music. I like Vivaldi when I'm... When I'm <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I, I like listening <laughs> to Vivaldi so, when I'm so building here's engines. So where I mentioned the money. When you get into the engine, you're like, well, okay, I just have like one valve that's you know bent or something. I'll just replace that. Here's the thing. If you're going oh, through no. all the work, Right. To take this engine apart. And an expensive gasket set. Uh, you're going to need gasket. They um, are expensive. You know, depending upon the mileage, just go ahead and do the timing. Hey, is that Zach? It is. Zach. Hey. What's up, motherfucker? So I'd say <laughs> do things while you're in there that maybe don't look like they need to be replaced. And this is where the money comes in. You're going to spend more than right. you think you need to because you should. If you're doing the valves, then you got to do the... The valve guides. So what about cam change? Wow. And just do if that. you're in there, you might as well do this, the piston. Well, um, can, can I can I do the list? The yes, minimum yes. list, please. Yes, please. Oh, it looks like she's putting her thinking cap on. Hang on. Let me Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's the list, uh, but then there's like the actual manual that right. says so, the actual specs So you're, you're of taking an engine right? apart. What right. should you at the minimum just do anyway? Right. If you've got an engine with, say, 50,000 miles on it, Mm-hmm. That has got no, um, you've got an engine, it's got about 50,000 on it, it had a single problem, say a bent valve. Okay. On that engine, as a minimum, gaskets, genuine gaskets, please. Yeah. Piston yep. rings, piston circlips, yeah. cam chain. Probably I would put. The spring for the cam chain tensioner, renew that. Are we if talking it's about a, a thumper where you can't actually anybody, get no, to the No, any anybody. Really? You, this is an engine that you've stripped down. Right. Oh, and completely this is, stripped down You've anyways. stripped it down, okay. so this is the minimum you should be putting in. Right. Um, you need to cut in the valves. If there's play in the guides, if not, you need to do stem seals. Mm-hmm. So as a minimum, stem yeah. seals, rings, piston circlips, Cam chain, cam chain tensioner spring, and then the rest of it is just visual. Score the cylinder? If the cylinder's scored, you might want to run a hone down it. Um, If the oil pump screen is blocked, you might want to replace the screen. You might want to just clean the screen. You might want to put clutch plates in it. Is, are we talking about Zach's bike in general? In parts, no, just of, yeah. Well, Zach's was a high mileage the, bike that was right. just having trouble starting. He refreshed it. He upgraded it. Um, well, yeah, I was, well, just, I was thinking. Well, that, like, that, that, that's that's the thing is like you ha- is like you have to know what your intention is going in. Yeah. Right. That, my bike is a full exhaust and a rejet away from the most upgraded, according to SV Rider, that it can be. Yeah. And that was my intention was to go in and do lots of upgrades. It was, you know, but like if your intention is just to make get make a motor run, like it's you're, you're, you're what you're looking at is different. My goal was to go in and upgrade as much as I could. Right, but we're yeah. like I'm looking at Andy right now. Andy, are you making a mental note of all of these things we're mentioning? Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Because pricing all of that out may determine if absolutely. it's a boat anchor or a re, or an engine rebuild. Yep. Well, I happen to know that the spare situation for Andy's bike is extremely good. Um, the XS650 has been a popular bike now for 40, 45 years. Um, there's a couple of outfits that sell very, very high quality 
um, used parts, high quality copy parts, genuine parts. I know why you know how long they've been making this bike. You remember dearly the first day they came out because it was the same day you got your AARP card, right? Oh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was waddling down the street with my Zimmer frame on the way to get fitted for my new dentures. <laughs> I remember I was... That's fucked up, man. I, w I was moving very slowly that day because I got a big bag of Depends. And, it was <laughs> and I looked in the showroom window and I thought, oh, look at that. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you little bastard! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so plan on doing all these things, and that's the money involved. Right. You gotta hey, price all these things out. Hey, and Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Did you install stuff OEM parts in your en engine that you took apart? Dude, show up, show up on time next time. I yeah. Shut the I fuck up and sit down. You already covered this. All right, I'm sorry. Sit down no, and take I mean, it. No, I, 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 went, I went OEM as far as a lot of things were concerned. Okay. Where, where I could go OEM, I went OEM, except okay. where I where my research led me to not go OEM. Things like right. he put his intake right. cam into the exhaust camshaft slot and, and other things. Okay, yeah. so... But like, it's like that's a very well deck documented mod on SV Rider. Right, right, right. Okay. So now I wanted to get to the tools part. Let's ah. talk about what tools that you may not have. Let's say you've got screwdrivers and wrenches and the basic stuff because you like to tinker. Well, there's the Usually this is something that you don't just jive into a engine rebuild when you haven't been doing regular maintenance. I'll say there's an inverse relationship. The, the worse tools you have, the more time you'll need. The better tools you have, right. the less time you'll need. Yeah. So I'm going to say um, just get a bigger one of Phil's favorites, an Impacta <laughs> screwdriver. An Impacta mm. screwdriver is, is a wonderful thing wonderful to have. Wonderful to have. A lot of people don't realize that the, anything that's held on with Phillips to install the Phillips, the Phillips was designed so that the, the machines that install it right. pop out at the right torque setting, which means you need to have greater torque right. to undo it. So the Impacta is a special Phillips screwdriver that you can pound on. It's like... Well, I'm even going to stop you there, Laser, because this is kind of, it's, I'm not saying it's secret information, but this is one of the misun most misunderstood things about Japanese bikes on the road today. Phil's like, I can, I can close my eyes and see him nodding that <laughs> right oh, now. Yeah. The Phillips screws on Japanese bikes uh, are yeah. very special. Yeah. JIS screws. <laughs> yep. Japanese mm -hmm. industry standard. And the way you can tell the JIS screws is if you look at the heads, there is a tiny, tiny little center punch on them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the star. And the only screwdriver that will truly fit a JIS screw is a JIS screwdriver. You mm. can get them. They're quite easy to get. If you've got a good tool supplier in your town, so I want a JIS screwdriver, he'll either look at you like you're on the way to the asylum or he'll <laughs> give you what you need. Give me that jizz. But And you said this last week, knock. Um, yeah. But so if you get, you've got to have either an impactor screwdriver or the correct JIS screwdriver to take them apart. All right, so here's some other tools I'm going to add to this. Uh, valve spring compressor. Yes. Oh, yes. All right, that's a tool now you can make buy. one. Well, you can get the collets out. A little trick for removing it. You don't have to use a valve spring compressor to get it out. Cap. You can use a socket. Mm -hmm. Right. A deep well like socket. Like a deep well socket and a hammer. Okay. And you... you I, I'm going to teach... Not not so easy, but yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to give you a very, very quick lesson on how to make a valve spring compressor for less than $10. All right, go ahead. Okay. What, is this an Emma's top tip? It is. An, yeah, it's an Emma's top tip. Right. It's out it's, of a small milk carton. Okay, so get your cylinder head, take it to Ace Hardware, go to the plumbing section, and in the plumbing section, you're going to find PVC pipe and PVC fittings. I like the white stuff because it's hard. Ah, that's what she said. <laughs> Find the closest diameter to your valve spring. Get a one-inch length of that. Then go to the woodworking section and get yourself a large G-clamp. Mm -hmm. Go home, get your hacksaw, and cut a slice out of that one-inch piece of PVC pipe. Arrange the G-clamp so that the fixed part is on the valve. Put the white plastic part on the valve spring. Screw down the G-clamp, and when the top comes down, get in with a magnet, pull the collets out, undo it. And that, yep. my dear friends, will cost you five bucks. And it's a one-off deal, because generally, once you've done one cylinder head, that little piece of white plastic PVC pipe is done. But it's cheap as chips. You know, they're like 50 cents at Ace Hardware. The key is get the right diameter one for your valve spring. I did the same thing with a uh, sh shitty old deep socket. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it, it all works. The two things, in my experience, will hold up amateur engine builders. Number one is holding the clutch. Number two is getting the generator off. Those are the two yeah. things. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh, wait, holy you, shit, did you, yes. Did you just talk about hold uh, on, a makeshift hold clutch holder? Hold oh, on. Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to give you tips for doing both of them yeah because i did had to do this recently for no too. money yeah liza's giving me the quick it's very very quick okay tip number one to get your clutch off you've got to do a little bit of advanced research go on to flea bay and get a single metal plate for your clutch the single metal plate arrives it's going to cost you about five bucks and then once you get the single metal plate get a friend with a welder and just weld a little handle on it so now, you, when you want to take the clutch off, you stick the single plate in there, you undo the center nut, off comes your clutch. That's a good one. Now, mm -hmm. the second thing, getting your generator off is kind of hard. If you haven't got air, it's hard to get the center nut off. <clears throat> Sometimes, if you can shock it off by putting a close-fitting socket on it and just whacking it, and sometimes it'll come loose. The trick is to actually pull it off the taper once you get that nut off, nine times out of ten, either the swing arm axle or the rear wheel axle is the same thread as the extractor for the flywheel. And if you that screw in your swing arm pivot, you can use it as a slide hammer and pull it off. And Don't Japan's been doing that for years. Hey, Liza, all our, all our listeners got to hear what uh, you and Bex were playing with. What What is that tool that pliers you So I just wanted to list off some more clutch tools holder. that I have bought. So this is a clutch basket pliers. Right, which That's, is a great tool. Um, how much did that cost you? I, no idea. Okay. <laughs> I got one small tip. If you are replacing a set of clutch plates, you can take your old clutch plates and... Um, Clock them together in a, with a set of vice grips and just kind of shove them back into the, yeah, that's the clutch it. basket. Old school. Sometimes it'll work for some bikes. Sometimes it won't because it won't have the uh, the tool itself won't have a, a peg to uh, rest on or uh, right. as a backstop. But I, that's how I took off my clutch. So, so uh, some more tools. Um, I have a hone. 
You're going to need a hone when yep. you're putting reseating the piston rings in there. Well, hold on which, a second, though. This also depends whether your cylinder walls are nickel plated or nickel sealed or not. Some of right. them are, are, are uh, cast iron or they're, they're actually steel mm -hmm. or metal. And you can do that, and you can do that to a certain amount. But like the uh, nickel ones, you can't. You have to get them replated. You could clean yep. them up and like maybe quote unquote deglaze them, but you actually have to send them get you know to get it replated or just buy a new one. Yeah, so, do your research. Um, yeah. Another little fun tool I have in my hands: piston ring, uh, the clip pliers. Ring clips. Mm -hmm. Ring right. clips. Mm. This is so that you can stretch the clips over the cylinder and get them into the grooves. Nice. Yep. Without these, you end up trying and and using screwdrivers and breaking them. Mm. Or fling Should, a ring across it, the room. Yeah, investing in these special pliers, which yeah. aren't that expensive. Scratch up your piston. Um, also, yeah. Andy, what did you use today? I don't remember. <laughs> what's, in, what's in the big red box? Oh, what's in the box? right. What was that? Um, oh, right. The flywheel puller. Yeah. Oh. So it's not that expensive. Amazon, uh, places like that. I you just get the whole kit. They have these flywheel pullers, right. which are a bunch of these threaded pieces that has a bolt that go di goes down the middle. Um, you just get the whole kit. Not that much. It's right. Worth and it. you know, um, parts unlimited. And Tuckeraki, most of the big aftermarket, they will sell you the pullers individually, and they're like three or four bucks. So get friendly with your local bike shop. All bike shops have got a parts unlimited account. You just got to know which one to get for your bike. Amazon's great. eBay's great. Yeah. Again, it's a bit of forward thinking, but. I was going to say th those were the struggling points for you, weren't they, Zach? Is holding the clutch and getting that flywheel off. Um, I, so, uh, to pull the flywheel off, I actually had to order a motion pro sales, a tool for it, for the SV. Right. Um, and it took the force, it took the hand of God to get that flywheel oh, off. Sometimes yeah. those and, tapers and, hang and, on and tight. And by, by that, by that, I mean, it took 20 complete over the head, full swings from a hammer to get that thing wow, loose wow, man. with, with a, uh, like with a pipe and all that. So yeah. we, we've been talking like, about tools emma you would know this best um you know back when i used to work on uh, car stuff if you didn't have a tool you just go down to your local auto parts store and you can rent it for five bucks for the day but right with yep. motorcycle stuff i've been lucky enough all the ain't gonna I've happen on, yeah you have to buy them yeah you've yep. got to buy them yep. um because and the simple reason for that is most wrenches at bike shops are on flat rate just a mite i have never in all my career earned a salary i've been on flat rate and flat rate, if you can get it to work for you, you can make a lot of money on flat rate. That's but great. no work, no pay. And so learning out your tools, I mean, time is money. If, you're, if you loan out a tool and somebody doesn't get it back to you in time and you're sitting there twiddling your thumb. Um, um, you're fork not... seal drivers from uh, the garage, <laughs> right? If anybody knows where the fuck they are yeah, right, bring them so, back. PVC pipe works well, for that too yeah. we're, we're running out of time so I wanted to just kind of rattle off just some more things so sorry you, for interrupting so, him. so you've got, like I, I got some right, hold on one second Zach so you've, you've got your space you've got your money you've bought all the parts and don't chintz on the gaskets get all the gaskets don't right. use gasket maker because it can cause more problems I, I mean I've got a very strong opinion about gaskets 
buy genuine gaskets. Yes. The cost okay. will straighten your hair, but in the long run, if you put cheap gaskets on, they're going to start leaking again. Mm-hmm. So have the manuals. Also go on to the forums, and there's a lot of YouTube videos now. Watch right. the videos. Oh, see yeah, what dude. people are doing. Take pictures Get, with your take phone. Take pictures. Get the right tools. Yes. You know, uh, we said last week that that guy came by and wanted to use a three-jaw puller, gear puller. It's like, no, right. no, no. You, no. Yeah, we you got know, the right tool. Yeah, You know, ultimately, too, is you're going to have to face that anxiety of going, I'm going to split my engine apart. That's just, you just have to get over it. You just got to do yeah. it, and then it goes away. You know? I think that, that, like, weighing out that decision, I think their ultimate goal for this is, like, do you rebuild or do you replace? Right. Um, like, taking into account, if you have an older bike, your parts are going to be harder to get. They're probably going to be pricier. Right even the tools that you may need. There's a guy in the parts store, he needed a flywheel puller for his bike. Mm. It was $34 just yeah. for a flywheel Ooh. puller. Mm. Like, wow. um, I mean, those things kind of add up. So consider those things too. Right. And photos help to communicate with other fellow cyclists to like, hey, I got this problem. This is what it looks like. Yeah. What do oh, yeah. I do? That's a well, g- I never yeah. thought about that. That's a great idea. When when I built my chopper and I had to pull the basket to put on the drive belt conversion kit, I had to buy a specialty tool, one-time use tool. It was like $100 mm-hmm. to remove that basket, one-time use only. That's um, the worst. So, but it, I couldn't do it without. Yeah, so buy the you tools. Do. You got your it, organized space. Now... You've got your time budgeted. Emma, would you say anyone could do this? If you follow all these steps, you have all the information, you don't cut corners, do you think anyone can do this? Oh, God, that's a tough question. Yes. And the reason I say yes, I mean, if you're of the mindset that I'm going to have a go at rebuilding my engine, yeah, I I think so. If 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 you even consider the idea, you're capable of doing it. Yeah, um, it's certainly something you work up to, though. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, and you know, I'm going to end, if I may, with this. There is, it's a tough it's a tough road. Yeah. However, there is no feeling on earth like riding at a hundred miles an hour. Knowing that you built that engine. Wow, that's that's yeah. true. There's that's nothing so, so true. Nothing yeah. like it. Yeah. And I don't care whether it's my bike or a client's bike, but if I build an engine and it gets broken in and it comes back for a service and I do a high speed test on it and I'm running down highway one at ninety five and I'm like it's It's on a like close course, you mean? Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> of course. The highway and the highway one close course. The highway <laughs> one close course. And I know I built that engine. There is no feeling on earth like it. I love it. Yeah, Zach yeah, yeah. Zach, can you relate to that? Yeah, I mean my engine still has a couple yeah. oil leaks to sort out, but uh, <laughs> but for a, the most part, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like, that like engine, I Zach. did this. You yeah. haven't you haven't crossed five thousand RPM yet, have yeah. you? Yeah. So I I I don't mean yeah. this in like a, a mean way, Zach, just because I've been there and for people who are gonna jump into it, know this is gonna happen. How many bolts did you break or strip? And I, I'm just one. curious. Huh. Just because <laughs> that's awesome if you that's good. I, one, I can one break because it. my manual told me to tighten an M ten bolt to sixty eight foot pounds. Oh shit. Right. Yeah. The, are you sure it's not six point eight Newton meters? <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it said tighten the yeah, upper, that's upper actually engine really through good bolt, point. which was an M14. Yeah. 
to 68 foot-pounds and tighten the lower engine through bolt, which was an M10 to 68 foot-pounds. Yeah. I'm sure it told me to do both of those. Yikes, dude. <laughs> so I'm going to say, just in wrapping this up, I think it is a good project. I think it's something, if you're just new to wrenching, maybe it's a bit of a big project. You just, if you're prepared to take your time and do all these things, it is fun. It, yeah, well, and, it, and, and if, if you can adjust a chain and you can change spark plugs, you can build an engine. It is fun and it is worth it when it runs and you can yeah. say, I did this. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And I'll say, if can you I... need, start with a thumper. You know, one yeah. cylinder, one carb. You know, don't jump into, you know, all sorts of other crazy Wait, shit. Wait, what were you saying, Zach? Can I can I get can I give the last bit of uh, yeah, my my advice here? All right, if you're going to the point where you're measuring crankshafts and main bearings and cam journals and all that, mm-hmm. buy a mic, get a micrometer and a bore gauge. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're calipers, getting... calipers are not enough. Calipers showed yeah. that everything was out of spec. Once I had proper tools, right. it showed that it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Calipers to... are not okay for that. Okay, it's, it, it's <laughs> like I gotta say, like when you're buying those kinds of tools, you're actually getting into machinists' territory, right? And so right. you need to know procedures to calibrate your actual tools. You can buy these blocks that are measured exactly at two inches, and in, you know, on eBay or yes. whatever. They usually and... come with the micrometer sets. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, hey Zach, we're gonna start uh-huh. getting into emails. Do you want to stick with us? Yeah, and we one one more thing. (laughs) Do all your research. Do lots of research. Research obsessively, and try to figure out if you're gonna if you're making a decision to do something or not do something. To research why you would do it or not do it in depth. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we've got some great emails. Um, the first one though is from our corrections department. Yeah, I know. It's entirely my fault. (laughs) Um, oh, you like, like as in like correcting mistakes? I thought you were talking no, about no, 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 like no, 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 guys. I didn't realize we had a penologist in the, um, in the podcast. I owe somebody, I owe somebody the deepest apology. Francis, Francis Knox wrote into us. We calm down, Liza. We we read an email, <laughs> and you know Francis is one of those names. It can be a guy or a girl. I presumed it was a girl. Francis, like Francis. Is not only a guy, he's like he's a wrestler. Show the picture. What a guy! Yeah, I mean, what a guy! He's like okay, so I'm gonna. Oh, Jim, your face. He's snapping somebody's head off in that photo. I'm gonna. I'm gonna describe. So read the email real quick. I'm gonna describe. Well, here we go. He's on my team. Hey, just wanted to say thanks for reading my email. It really made me feel part of the group, even though I'm not there. Unfortunately, there was one problem, and I was it. Emma referring to me as she, but as you can see from the attacks picture, I am definitely a he, and he is definitely a he. Um, Taking your advice and looking at GPZs, I'll send a picture when I purchase it. Mm. All right, nice. so just pass the picture around. So, so we're going to pass the picture to Francis, Francis around. Francis is going to come by and suplex everybody in a moment. Oh, dear God, yes. <laughs> um, I think the correct term is a pugilist. I think we're going to describe... No, is he a wrestler? <laughs> yes. We are, we are going to describe Francis as a pugilist. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> but he's, he's a big guy. I'm all for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, good choice with the GPZ, Francis. Um, you really can't go wrong. Get the lowest mileage when you can, and just remember, you what know, even fuck? simple things like tires. The wrestler, man. <laughs> Francis can fuck you up, dude. Yeah. He's got a fucking looks like a world championship belt of something. Yeah, he is. He's holding a medal of some yeah. description. God, yeah. Yeah. Was he, he was talking about the GZ five fifty. Oh my god. 
GPZ. Yeah. GPZ 550. So, hey, we got another email from our friend Sheila. In hey, Texas. Sheila. Hey, Sheila. And I want to give a shout out because um, Sheila is the our one bestest who, friend. who designs awesome. our a lot of our T-shirts. And we just unveiled the Emma's Army T-shirt. And what a fantastic shirt. On Zazzle.com. Do I get profits mm. from that? Do I get any residuals? <laughs> yeah, it's no. right here. It's a cool design. <laughs> so um, she, uh, she works part-time at a scooter shop. And I want to share this email. And, and I, I will I'll go full Southern on this one. Sheila says, "I thought you've actually hung out and talked to her before." Huh? <laughs> what is with some men thinking dirt bikes have no power? <laughs> Saturday, a guy and his ten-year-old son stopped to look at dirt bikes. The dad oh, tells me his son has a learning disability and is concerned about him being able to ride a dirt bike. I told him lots of kids with learning disabilities can ride a motorcycle, <laughs> and we would work with him and teach him to ride. Look at Bang. Look at Liza. I offered <laughs> to let the dad test ride a bike because he said he knew how to ride, oh, and I man. said I'd take his son for a ride in the sidecar if he was okay with that. Dad had no clue how to ride, mm-hmm. but I rode off with his son in the sidecar. The kid was awesome and full of information. We had a nice chat while riding. Dad later catches up with us, and the bike dies, and he can't get it started. I watched him kick it at least 30 times before I got off my scooter and started it for him on first kick. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He put it in first, and it died again. Oh, man. (laughs) Then he kept trying to start it in first, and it was running away with him. (laughs) Are you sticking it forward? (laughs) I, I asked him to put it in neutral before starting. He finally gets it started and starts revving the heck out of it. I yelled him to oh, no. I yelled at him to lay off the throttle, but he knows what he's doing, so I'm just watching. I know what's coming. <laughs> of course. Did, did you bring out your phone? Please tell me you got photos of this. Of course, he <laughs> pops a wheelie and starts running behind the bike. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's awesome. I told him to just let go of the throttle, and he lets go of the entire bike instead and dumps it. Oh, bless his little heart. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to oh, laugh because his kid is with me. The kid looks over at me and asks, does my daddy know what he's doing? <laughs> I said, well, he told me he did. <laughs> dad picks up bike and struggles to get it started, and the kid asks his dad if he knows what he's doing, <laughs> then tells me his dad doesn't know what he's doing and <laughs> I should help him. <laughs> he finally gets it started, and a That's big chunk fabulous. of dirt shoots out of the exhaust from where he buried it in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> he took off real quick, and the poor kid was worried to death about his dad. Sweet Ollie. Nice yeah. guy, nice guy, but really doesn't know what he's doing. He called me later after discussing with mom and said they would like to get a bike for him and one for his son. I'm not worried about the son. The dad I'm a little concerned about. We need to give him a lesson. I think he underestimated the power of the bike and overestimated his riding abilities. Mm -hmm. Once again, people are so trusting to me with their kid in the sidecar. What is wrong with these people? (laughs) (laughs) Praise Praise Jesus. Yeah. At, at, one, at one point, was uh, was Sheila kidnapping? Was that, did it turn <laughs> into kidnapping at one point? Across state lines. Kidnapping or abandonment? Sheila took a, did a little photo shoot of her in a garage wearing her motosexual t-shirt. Oh, with yeah. On it, and with all of her bikes displayed around her. It's pretty, so did she say what kind of dirt bike it was? Because like that's a thing. Dirt bikes are kind of powerful. Well, not only that, I wondered what was Sheila kicking over? I like she oh, got it I'm in not blue. Sure. But Andy. Sheila, I gotta say, I don't know where you came out with this rather motosexual photo that's getting passed around. 
It seems to be lingering with Emma at the moment. <laughs> wow. I I'm know. just like, wow. Yeah. It's a picture of her wearing the motosexual hey, t-shirt Emma. and caressing her bike mm-hmm. loading. Hey, Emma. All I know is all your... <laughs> Sheila, this is Naked Jim. Hey, Emma. Your bikes are way too clean. <laughs> hey, Emma. Yeah. People like you. Hey. <laughs> Andy. Oh, hey, girl. You got an email? <laughs> yes, I have an email. This and a broken rocker arm. No, that's true. Uh, (laughs) This is from Rick. Um, (laughs) From who? All right. He's got a nice collection, Uh man. This is dope. Guys. It is a nice collection. I'm reading an email. Who's it from? Okay, this is from Rick Sando Jr. Hey, Rick. He says... Hi, Queen Liza and the Misfits. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) What are we, just serfs? We're the serfs, aren't we? (laughs) Bunch of peons. I'm a pawn in Emma's army. I'm a prawn. This is my first prawn. Guys, all right. (laughs) Let me read this. Settle down. Okay, this is my first submission for Porn Pick. This is one I've been looking at both as my first bike and first project bike all in one. Best case, for an asking price of 700 and probably a couple hundred bucks in repair parts, this could end up being a decent little starter bike with a clean title. Worst case, the bike ends up being nothing more than a boat, than a boat anchor with two wheels. Mm-hmm. Now, the bike in question... It's not the milk beggar, is it? No. <laughs> no. no. Actually, it's, um, it's a pretty no. decent-looking... Seven hundred dollar Ninja two fifty. Yeah, it's a okay. new th- two thousand two Ninja two fifty model. Oh god! Oh shit! Why is it getting the hammer? There's a hammer involved. Oh no no no! Oh, all uh, right, the old too, tackle. Man. She she attacks Jim with a specialty tool. It's gonna get very ugly. She's in here got the right tools. <laughs> yeah, Liza's always got the right the tools to abuse hammer. people. Back to Andy. So uh, it, this guy's saying, tired of people trying to lowball me at seven hundred cash, no lower. Bike does not run. <laughs> <laughs> so I I mean does not I'd agree. Run. Let me see. So you want to know? Yeah, I I like this attitude. Seven hundred dollar Ninja two fifty. Like we just said, right? That's a good bike. Even if you do have to go deep and invest into it, you're going to be able to get parts. Yes. And so if, if you're fine with having a project, that is a great project. It's a it's a good place to start. And you know what? He has the potential to end up with a really sweet little bike for you know a thousand bucks, and you know. But it it's the same problem. Yeah. The first two questions. I'm actually negotiating for a bike in uh, Templeton right now, and the first question I asked the seller: Do you have a pink in your name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any DMV back fees? I'm not interested in the bike because those two will kill any project. Yeah. If that bike, if the owner of that bike's got a pink in his name and there's no back fees, it's a bargain. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All about the yeah. title. Yeah. It's all about the title. It's like, uh, how much of a headache is this person unloading on me? Right. You know, um, yeah, unless it's a really rare bike or something that you really, really want, and you want to go through that hassle of getting it retitled. Yeah, but something that, like but that. Yeah, the Ninja Two Fifty. Yeah, and you know, a seven hundred dollar bike. If it's got eight hundred bucks in back fees, mm-hmm. it's you know, well, it's not, take it to Arizona. <laughs> but that's Arizona. expensive to go to Arizona. But it'd be a fun. All right, you guys. So Bagel has an email, but this one's a little bit serious. Hey, right. It goes back to another an older email we did. So yeah. um, this person has a serious problem and they're coming to us with it. <laughs> yes. Okay. It says, Hey, 
My name is Sam. Hey, Sam. I'm a bikeaholic. Oh, God. Oh, oh, hi, oh, Sam. Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. N plus toes? one. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. He says, it has been nearly a year since my last motorcycle purchase. So far, I am holding strong, but I have to admit that I am tempted <laughs> by the 2017 CFR 250L Rally. Ooh. Ooh. One day at a time, brother. <laughs> one day at a time. I work on my problem one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to distract myself by working on the bikes I already have. Yeah. Only time will tell if I can resist for the long term. So far, my current list consists of, from oldest to newest, okay. a 1977 Honda CB750 runs but needs work. Get okay. rid of it. A 1977 Honda CB750A ran before disassembly. Mm. That'll never run again. Get rid, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> a 1980 Honda CB750 runs but no title. Get rid of okay. it. Okay. 1989 Kawasaki Tengai 650 runs great. Mm, okay. You can keep that one. Yeah, no, I like Tengai. A 1999 Honda Shadow VT1100 runs great. Mm, okay. Okay, yeah. A 2005 Kawasaki KLR650 parts bike. Mm, get rid of it. A 2006 Kawasaki KL, KLR650 runs great. Keep it. Yeah. 2006 Victory Tour Cruiser V92TC runs oh, great. That, that's collector's bike now. <laughs> and a 2009... Fling poo scooter, not running and, and abandoned. Keep it, keep it. Not running and keep abandoned at my house by a friend. <laughs> <laughs> a, a 2010 Kawasaki Eliminator 125 custom street tracker runs great. Wow. Mm, get and, rid of it. And finally, a 2012 Suzuki S40 Rika Bobber conversion runs great. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, S40s yeah. are okay. And yeah, he get says, rid of it. And he says, all of which are stuffed into my six. Hundred foot square garage, oh square foot God. garage. How do you? I mean, how do you so work on it? You, yeah, you need room to work on your shit, man. The, you can't do it without that. The, all those bikes in there. The only one that I've really got any issue with in that whole list is the CB seven fifty A, and God, they're woeful. I mean, yeah. I tried to like them, but what's it's, wrong with them? Like, oh, it's, it's just a lot. It's the automatic. It's heavy oh. and slow. It's a two speed automatic. Oh. Yeah, okay, and it's yeah, just yeah. you know it's. Bleh, uh, you know, it's always in the <laughs> so an automatic. You should be always in the right gear, but in <laughs> truth, you're always gear. in the wrong gear. So, Leslie, you're, 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 Emma, you're saying that it's better as a parts bike, then? Oh uh, yeah, it's. I'd dig a hole in the back garden and bury it. <laughs> truthfully, um, let, right. let you know, let the let the earthworms and the mice yeah, turn into an archaeological okay. find. Yeah, well, exactly. To, to finish up his letter, he says, uh, in efforts to justify my addiction. Yes. I started a YouTube channel where I post weekly videos of my bike projects. Yes. Oh, good. Doug and Mike have, have both have been generous enough to mention it on the podcast. Okay. Eventually, an idea for one of these, those projects led me to starting a motorcycle accessories company. Uh -oh. the, the first product is a rally fairing for the KLR650. Hmm. Now I can justify any bike purchase I want because I can call it research and development. Hey. So, Knock, you're going to know who this is pretty soon. Okay. If, if I was going to be completely honest, the only reason I have gone so long without a purchase is because I am out of room and I can't get myself to thin the herd. Mm -hmm. Until now, I thought coming to meet the crew seemed a little too indulgent of my addiction, but I feel that I'm in a place I can consume responsibly. If you would be interested in having a visitor and maybe even allow me a little shameless self-promotion, please let me know. Come on by. My UTB is a Motus MSTR, and I am proud I'm a proud member of M Emma's Army. And, All right. And this is from Sam Spitz from Obsessive, Cy Obsessive Cycle Disorder Sam and yeah. KLRFairings.com. Yeah, Obsessive Cycle Disorder on Facebook. 
Yep. And um, and for those who aren't familiar, the UTB is your up the butt bike. Well, wait, what was that guy's and most, name? And Sam, Sam Spitz. Did, I mean, did his brother win the Olympics of <laughs> no, swimming no. or something? And um, okay, the right. Motus has been mentioned a couple times. It does mm-hmm. nothing for me, darling. So, but I'm just saying it's it's on the list as a butt worthy bike. Yeah, it does and absolutely sure, nothing for me. I'm just saying enough people have said it. It's on the list. Yeah, it's a okay. V4 awesome. push rod, you know, okay. lots of torque. So, um, right. Yeah, Sam, but just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, a good bike. Right. But, you I'm know, curious about how that engine feels. It's made in America. <laughs> yeah. America. Um, so, Sam, come on down. Yeah, come Visitors on down. are welcome and appreciated, but only on Sunday. Yep. Yep. If you come any other day of the week, you're just a plain stalker, and the police will be called. <laughs> <laughs> but we will still go for a ride with you. All right, we got time for Thanks, one Sam. more email. What you got there, Jim? So I got uh, Eric uh, emailing us in. Hey, hey Eric. Eric. What's hey, happening? Eric. He says, hello, Misfits. Eric from Minneapolis here. I've written before regarding starting a garage here in Minnesota. Yes. But he has a personal question this time. And starting a garage, what's the secret answer? Put out chairs. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. That's all it takes. They will come. So he has a garage garage full of non-running project bikes. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my garage. (laughs) Just like me. Who doesn't, he says, and a Ducati Monster uh, 696. Okay. The Ducati's in great condition, um, and he swears he's only a Ducati douche some of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Previously had an SV650, so hopefully, uh, Eric, you got your hero. You're full of SV650 tonight. Um, Anyway, he's looking for a grocery getter kind of a bike. Oh, okay. So something that works doesn't cost much. Um, I'm thinking Elite 150. Oh, yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, so something that doesn't cost too much. Should he go back to the SV650 or a Ninja 6? Yeah, Ninja 650, that's a great grocery yeah, getter. Yeah, he's counting uh, like an SV650 as a grocery getter. I yeah, think of like a little XL250 or something. Right. You know? But I tell you what, I'm going to give You want him, some of the cases. I'm going to give Eric the herpes. exactly the same oh. answer <laughs> as I give. No, darling. The clap. No, I don't hand it. That's only for you, Jim. <laughs> yes, I, I just saved the clap for you. That's it. <laughs> clap on, clap off. You know, wow. right now, I'm on my GPZ 500 kick. They're cheap as chips. They're just such fucking capable bikes. And you talk about bikes where it's easy to find parts. Eric, GPZ 500. If you pay more than two grand for Wait, one. Wait, here in the States, we don't have GPZ 500. Yeah, you do. No, we we have a GPZ. We have the five GPZ 550. No, no, the 500 Twin. It's the a Ninja 500R. Nin- yeah, well, okay, yeah. it's Ninja, the same it's bike. A, okay, Ninja 500. Yep. It's an incredibly capable bike. We're talking about yeah. the EX500. EX500 yep. Ninja. Uh, yes. It's a 500 can, Twin, the cheapest chips. Can you put a top case on it? Yes. Yeah. yes. You can key, put side dude. cases on it. You can put cases top case on it. The fastest Fury. You can get any kind of parts for them. If you're paying more than two thousand bucks, you're paying too much. They're everywhere. So if you want your fastest Fury grocery getter, there's your bike. If you want to, I think if you're going to be in town, I I'd go for a naked bike. So being in town, you're more likely probably to drop it and have some incidents. Maybe to get an Could elite, be easier without I the don't know. deal with two fifty. You know? What do you think of DR? Th- you know, Seriously. DR350s. Oh, there the DR3, like, okay. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, dual sport. Uh, P.S. Oh. P.S. I'm a big fan of Emma's deep, dark, funky 
danky skanky history hole. <laughs> oh, who isn't? You added, you added his, stuff to his that. Words, his words, not mine. <laughs> who isn't, darling? Here's an idea. And actually, I like this idea, Knock, because I, I wish you would talk about this more. And Emma, you too. I'm a guy who knows nothing about MotoGP, and the season is just kicking off, uh-huh. right? And it was a wicked beginning in Qatar. That was awesome. Yeah. Or Qatar, however you say it. Um, motorcycle racing, blah, blah, at all. Is there a place for a history lesson for noobs like me? Maybe a crash course in the history, trivia, and legends of the sport. Not to mention Kenny Roberts is going to be at Quail this year, right? Yeah. Um, actually, it's an entire podcast called Brodo GP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So they. Well, you know, they. No, the Brodo GP guys, they're not much on history. Right. Knock, how would you like you and me do a special Emma and Knock's history hole? on oh, the yeah. history sure it broached the history of racing because you know the brodo gp cats they're really nice guys I, but they're all about what's happening now i don't have a strong historical you know knowledge of the history yeah be old I, like, I like me, darling. but i like the stuff that came out of it you know all, yeah all right the stories and the battles and stuff so but yeah we i, can, I we like probably that. Do some. so mm-hmm. thanks eric i yeah. think that's yeah, a great no, that, idea that's we'll, a great we'll, idea eric we'll but uh, for the interim you could just go to youtube videos and type in moto gp highlights or classics mm-hmm. or if you actually do get the pass um from Dornem sports or whatever it is like uh, the actual moto gp uh subscription which is like 150 bucks but you could split it between like four people five people I was, have a watching party you have access to all of their videos i was kind of pissed that moto gp charges you to watch yeah even after the race but is you know over. what's what's cool Mo money, is Mo uh money. yeah youtube because i watched you, it on youtube if you watch it online on their web page you could like select the motorcycles that have the camera on there oh really and you could drag and drop and you could that's and they're cool. on and you can so wow. maybe maybe a showing in his garage pull yeah. out those chairs yeah, yeah. like yeah. have a little history hole that's session, brilliant that's perfect something like that yeah so speaking of history hole um y'all I dropped our first little mini history hole for our Patreon subscribers. Yes. And so we did get some new subscribers. Thank uh, you, Patreon. This past week. People. It was on uh, Tilly. Yes, I know. Hmm. Um, what a what a heroine. Um, just just real quick. Uh, was this Tilly person? Tilly Stringfield, right? No. No, it was, be- uh, <laughs> no that, I was getting Bessie mixed up. Tilly <laughs> is. <laughs> exactly. So what is Tilly's last name again? Uh, oh, God, I mean, Be- you, Beatrice Schilling. Beatrice, Beatrice Schilling. Schilling. And just like, real quick, she was a badass, total badass biker, and she helped win the war. Yes, she wow. did. Just going to say that. Fascinating story. Actually, Sheila in Texas wrote in and said that was her favorite. She did. So for just a dollar a month on on Patreon, you'll get access to some of these mini sods that we're dropping. It's 20 minutes. How are you delivering them? How do you so doing these episodes? once you log in, once you become a subscriber on Patreon, it's available to you and on Patreon. We're, we're oh, going to do quite a few cool. more of these, and they're just going to be little mini history holes, specifically for the Patreon subscribers. I mean, I've got nothing but love for everyone who listens to the show. But we just wanted to do something special for the Patreon yeah, subscribers. Yeah, we, we pay for fucking it's, paper it, towels, it, man. It's <laughs> like it's like a little bit extra, and they're little jewels. I mean, yeah. each one is a little gem. And Sheila, who is a very very discerning listener, and she a kno- little gem she herself. knows her onions. Yeah. And if she says it's her favorite, you know that that was a damn good show. That and, is the best. And, and I will say thank you to the Patreon subscribers because we leverage that money like you're buck or five bucks oh, or 30 God, or 50 a bucks way. a month we leverage that into people coming in with motorcycles that are just a shambles to they ride out on them yeah. and you know that's 
I've said this it's before, really cool. but I just want to say it again as a commitment to this garage. You can push a bike in. You can drag a bike in. It might take me two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. You're riding it out. There's no question that anything that comes down here, you will be riding that out. There are people down here that will help you ride that bike out. If not, we'll just catapult it over to the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and we'll give you gotta, it a Viking funeral. We've got a recycled like garage yeah. trebuchet. Exactly. Working so, on. Also, um, Bex, you went over to Zazzle to check out a shirt, and you discovered something I didn't know. Oh, it's oh. pretty sweet, actually. This um, was awesome. I heard about yeah, this. Yeah, man. Okay, so Zazzle has our shirts there, right? Mm -hmm. All uh, There's um, already designed shirts, and then I saw this button, and I'm like, hey, customize. You can not <laughs> only can you pick your shirt size, you can pick a lot of these shirts with like long sleeve. You can turn it into a shirt dress. Color, I mean, color. Um, even it has like a detailed thing, so you can pick what material you like. Uh, nice. But then you you can push this button called customize, and you can literally add photos, logos, um, text onto mm. the back or the front wow. of these shirts. So I thought it would be really cool, especially um, where I work. I end up riding uh, the motorcycles and misfits, I don't know, usually like two or three times a day on one of the business cards at the parts store that I work at. Nice. Yeah. And so um, now on the back of my motorsexual T-shirt, <laughs> I have the uh, Facebook and the website awesome. for yeah. motorcycles yeah, and misfits. Really nice. Thanks a lot, I'm, I'm just I'm just surprised you didn't get the ride naked shirt. I, I just... <laughs> so, so we blame you when we have a horde of just shitty motorcycles show up, and we're like, <laughs> we already do, bro. <laughs> we already do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when the cool people, I know, right? when, when the cool people come with yeah. really good beer. Yeah, okay, that's, that's from me. That's, yeah. Okay, that works for so, me. That that's works really for cool. Me. So, m some of the shirts are double sided, but some are just single sided, mm -hmm. like motosexual or ride naked, um, or the brand new Emma's Army. Thank you again, Sheila, for yeah, designing thank you, that. Sheila. Really thank cool. you, Sheila. What a fabulous design. And, um, yes, so, great. you can put your own, you can put your name on the yeah. back, you can put anything you want on the back. So, that's really cool. Um, so, this is that time just again to thank all of our listeners and even our listeners who are sitting here in the garage tonight. It's kind of cool that. Uh, you got you yeah. guys are coming and participating, but this is something I haven't said in a long time that I'm dying to say. Hey Zach, can you tell hey. people how to reach us? You can find us online at motorcyclesandmisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz, send us an email at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at eight three one two nine one. Five one one two. Yeah, buddy. Oh, that felt good. Oh, Zach, yeah. I'm gonna. Wow, good. it's like old wow. days. Dude. I'm having flashbacks, man. I know. <laughs> We're gonna have to rip down Westcliff at 100 miles an hour now without you. But you'll, you'll be with hey. us in spirit, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get over there in the fall. Yeah, nice. it, cool. It'll be good to see you, Zach. So, and, um, so falls like June, right? And, and Zach, are you, you still hoping to open up your garage to people? Have a little recycle garage. My mom won't let me. Oh. <laughs> oh. Just, just remember, if anybody asks, your mom lives with you. <laughs> He's got the most amazing man cave. It's like, I can't have friends over. Oh. I, can't, I can't have friends over. I just can't quite do that. My yeah. grandma's cool with it. My mom won't let me. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, for wow. the good of humanity. 
Well, I know. Look. I try. I, listen, I tried my best. <laughs> I do have a suggestion. They did figure this out in the South a long time ago. It's called the Underground Railway. Mm. <laughs> what? Railroad? <laughs> Railroad. Just dig a tunnel. Railroad. <laughs> railway? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, dig, I guess dig a tunnel. A you can sneak them in and out of the garage. <laughs> if your you're parents not sh- will never know. If you're not sure if your mom or grandma likes motorcycles, just ask them if they're bike curious. Bike curious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. No, no, no. So, Zach, I'm glad you were able to come check in and be a part of this again. Hopefully we we'll get you, you back man. again. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there soon. Sweet. Yeah, talk's cheap, motherfucker. Get your ass out here. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach. Very we're satisfying Zach, to hear. For some we're, we're gonna, it felt good. We're going to do the roll call. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to come after Terry, okay? So, okay. thanks again for listening. This is Liza. Bagel. Bex. Andy. Emma Tonic. Thank you, Jim. Henry. Hey, this is Doc. Terry, go bu- go electric, ride your dog. And I am Zach. Yeah, <laughs> and we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. cool.